do a great job. We'll turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. And I know y'all are like, well, I heard JT Sunday. Well, Dad's preaching the next two Sundays. So you get to hear him a little bit. I told him to go ahead and preach. He's got it on him. So, But uh, the Lord's good to us. Yeah, he said, don't give him a second chance. He might do it. I love to hear my dad preach. I've grown up hearing my dad preach, and uh, I count it the greatest honor to sit behind, uh, to sit under the preaching and teaching of my father. And I've learned so much from him. I really have, and he's been a a leader in my life for sure. And uh, chapter fifteen, verse twenty-two. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Amen. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. And when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue of and an ordinance, and there he proved them. The Lord proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the, these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I'm going to use just for a few moments tonight, the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. They had just came from the Red Sea. The Bible says they traveled three days into the wilderness. And they found no water. They came into an area named, uh, I'm calling it Marah. Marae, Marah, whatever you want to call it. The water was bitter. But God showed Moses a tree. And that tree typifies the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you put the cross into your bitter problem, it'll turn sweet every single time. The Lord that healeth thee. Glory to God. And I'm going to preach this for a few moments. The Lord showed him a tree. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We feel it, Lord. We sense and feel your presence very strongly. And God, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We can't do without it, Lord. And we need your leading and your guiding, Lord. We cannot make it without your help. And we ask it in the most holy name, the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. I'll tell you, This is one of my favorite books of the Bible, Exodus. You can find so many good passages by it. And the book of Exodus uh, is the word, uh, the meaning of the book of Exodus is that word exit, exodus. Meaning that they were in bondage, 
They were in brokenness, but Exodus came. Deliverance came. Freedom came. The children of Israel were under Egyptian bondage. And, and, if, and if anybody in here doesn't understand this, you need to. The children of Israel. Israel is God's chosen people. God loves Israel. He said that He would bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. Aren't y'all thankful that we, Israel is now the capital? Jerusalem is now the capital in Israel. Aren't y'all thankful that, that we're seeing these things come to pass and we're seeing God move in Israel? And Israel rejected Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, one day they're coming home. I said one day that that ought to make you happy. One day they're coming home. And they will find themselves in the midst of the great tribulation. The Antichrist will uh, do away with, with nearly almost all the Jews. But all of a sudden the heavens will rent. And they, the, the king that they so easily, so mistakenly looked over. They'll see him riding. And you and me will be right behind him on a white horse. I'm coming in when the saints come marching in. And we're going to be coming in him. And he will have on him tattooed. King of kings and Lord of lords. But we see that the children of Israel was in Egyptian bondage under a man named, a king named Pharaoh. His name wasn't Pharaoh, but um, that was the, how they referred to the kings in that day. He was the Pharaoh. And, and he wanted to do away with God's people. He wanted to do away with God's chosen people. But let me tell you, when you start to mess with God's people, you've got it coming. I said you've got it coming. Don't mess with a child of God. Don't mess with a child of God. And God, we know the story that they would, um, He would choose a man named Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses would, uh, would go before Pharaoh. And he would say, let the Lord, saith the Lord, let my people go. Let my people go. Let me tell you, Satan's got a grip on some people. But God is saying, let my people, let my people go. And you know about the plagues that God would send. And each time he would harden Pharaoh's heart. And, and it wasn't out of not giving him free will. But he seen that what, how Pharaoh would. Uh, uh, act against the plagues and he would spend and they would say uh, he would spend just one more night my grandmother preached it with the frogs and that would be the plague of the locusts and the blood and, and the darkness and, and the different plagues but we all know the one plague that set him free it was the blood on the doorpost the blood on the doorpost is what set him free God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. Put hyssop on your doorpost and take the, the sacrifice of the best lamb that you have and apply the blood to your doorpost. And years later, David would commit a dastardly sin, but he would say these words, Lord, purge me with hyssop. He said, purge me with hyssop. What did he mean? Purge me with the blood. The same blood that was on the doorpost. Purge me with the blood. And he said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be water and snow. It's the blood that sets men free. And they would leave Egypt. 
behind the behind the leadership of this mighty warrior, general, this man Moses. They would find themselves traveling, and the Bible says that the the, the cloud. Uh, would go before them. It was the, the Lord. It was the top of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them their way. And God was before them and God was behind them. And He would lead them to the midst in the, into the desert into the midst of the Red Sea. And Pharaoh would be on his way chasing after the children of Israel. He thought to himself that if he would just let them go for a brief moment that he could go and capture them again. His heart was hardened again. And he, he found the children of Israel situated right by the Red Sea. He found them situated there and he thought to himself, boy, I've got them now. There's nowhere they can go. There's desert on each side and there's mountains on each side and there's a Red Sea. Boy, Moses really done made a dumb mistake. But Moses, it might not have looked right to the natural eye. Moses seen the Red Sea. But what Moses was doing is the most important thing that you could take is from this passage is following God. If God said go to the Red Sea, Moses went to the Red Sea. And he found himself and all the children of Israel, which numbered close to three million, by the Red Sea. And Pharaoh and the army and the chariots that Pharaoh had charging behind them. And you know what God would tell Moses. Stretch forth thy rod. He said stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. That he will show you today. And he said these enemies. The Egyptians that, are ch that, are, that have held you so long in bondage. He said you shall see them no more. I said no more. You shall see them no more. And he's holding this. He said, the Lord shall fight for you. Hold thy peace. And he would stretch forth his rod and they would go across the Red Sea on dry ground. And right on the, when they arrived to the other side, Pharaoh and his armies were charging after them and God would shut up the Red Sea on the armies and their enemies. Sometimes the Red Sea you're going through is not just to deliver you, but it's also to get rid of your enemies. And they would find themselves rejoicing, praising the Lord for what He'd done, thanking Him for delivering them from this bondage that they had so long underwent. And they would find themselves, Miriam would, would get a tambourine, and, and they would rejoice and praise the Lord, and there's power when you start to rejoice and praise the Lord. But they would go three more days into the wilderness. And they would find themselves in a situation where they had no water. And they found themselves coming into an area of, of, of land where there was water. But the water that, that was there, it was bitter. It could not be consumed. It was bitter and all it would do is cause damage and sickness and, 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 and destruction. This water that was in this area. And they had went about 72 hours later from rejoicing to murmuring. They had went from about uh, 72 hours beforehand. They were rejoicing and praising the Lord. Seeing the Red Sea part. 
trusting Him with everything they had. And, and they found themselves three days later murmuring against Moses. Come on, come on. Saying, there is nothing that we may drink. What are we going to do? They would say that there's nothing else. And I imagine that some of them would say, we're going to die. There's no way we can make it now. We have no water. It's different to have an enemy coming at you, but we have no water. And they would murmur and complain. And, and you see what this was. It was no accident that they had found an area without water in the wilderness. It was no accident that they went into the wilderness. You see, God brought them across the Red Sea. And that's a type of salvation, being saved. But when we are saved, there is a wilderness that awaits us as Christians. That will continue on out through our lives until we reach the promised land. Yeah. Heaven. And you see, the same thing that brought us to the wilderness is going to bring us through the wilderness. If God can bring you to the wilderness, across the Red Sea and out of bondage, I'll tell you, He can bring you through it. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. This wilderness shall pass. He will bring you through the wilderness. It's time for you to throw all you've got, all your lots, get rid of them and give your life completely and wholly to God. He will bring you through the wilderness. There's not a doubt in God's mind. He knows what He's doing. He has heard your cries. And He is going before you. He will bring you through the wilderness. But understand this, the wilderness is for something. Yes. Yes, it is. You see, what remained in the children of Israel was Egypt. Egypt remained in them and it had to be brought out. Something had to bring it out. And, and without pressure, without pain at times, we cannot be made more like Christ. We cannot live for God if we don't undergo some type of test. Our faith that has saved us must be tested to be proven. And as we see, God brought them to Marah. And there was no water. There was bitter water for them to drink. And this was a test of their faith. And God will do this with us, church. You see, we're going, like I said, through a wilderness. When we become a Christian and we get saved, it's not a patty cake loafing walk on, to heaven. I wish, but it's not. When we find the answer, when we figure out, hey, I can't do this. And like, like Moses told him, hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. When we figure that out, let me tell you, it's, it's hard to hold on to that. Because battles will come. Trials will come that make you want to turn for something else and find some type of answer other than Jesus Christ. When, when things come, it gets scary at times when you're undergoing and you're facing uh, what seems to be the end. But hold on to Jesus. Trust Him. If He's brought you through once, child of God, He can do it again. He can do it again. And the wilderness was to bring Egypt. One scholar, uh, one, one Bible scholar has said, and very well, he said that it took the Lord about, th about 40 hours to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
But it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. Think of that. You see, Egypt is the top of the flesh. The sin nature that's inside of us. The, uh, the wretched man that's inside of us. The, 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 the flesh tries and, and pulls against the spirit. One is contrary to the other. And, and Egypt is the top of the flesh. And you see, we have to quit as Christians and get it in our mind that our flesh cannot bring us to victory. It can't do it. And God is continuously trying to get rid of the flesh. Amen. He's trying to, to, to make it to where there's no trust in the flesh. Where there's no traces of flesh left. Good. He brought Abraham to the end of himself. Sarah's womb was dead. There was no life in it. And they were 99 years old. There was no hope. But Abraham had to say, God, I trust you. You promised me a child and I trust you. You see, he's trying to bring us to a point where there's no hope. There's no confidence in the flesh. And this wilderness that awaits us is the top of that. He's bringing us and he's proving and testing our faith to prove it. To show us that he's able. To show us and teach us to trust him and to not trust ourselves. And listen, at times trials will bring us to our knees. But on our knees is where we need to be. On our knees is where we need to be realizing that we can't. And God can. They came to this area where there's no water. Bitter water, Mara. Mara. And God, the, the Bible says that they begin to murmur against Moses. They begin to not trust God. This murmur, that when you read the word murmur, and you'll read it many times through the book of Exodus, it's talking about unbelief. They didn't believe. They didn't trust. They started to turn to other uh, uh, ways and things for an answer. But Moses is a prime example for us. The Bible says that he cried to the Lord. He cried to the Lord. He found himself in, 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 with no options, with no more roads to take. And he knew that, that there was nothing he could do, so he knew he must cry to the Lord. He must cry to the Lord. Listen, we've got to cry to the Lord. We've got to trust Him and cry to the Lord. And the Lord showed Moses, the Bible says, a tree. And as I said before my message, this tree is a top of the cross of Calvary. I was talking to David before service and, and we were talking and you know we come to a conclusion that it doesn't matter how bitter it gets. Satan, he makes it to where it's so bitter. It's so harsh. It's so sickening. It's so bad. It's so painful. It's so bitter. But there's not one thing that cannot be turned sweet if you put it in the hands of the Lord. That's it. You see, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross and He shed His blood on Calvary, what's so special about His blood is that it was perfect. There was no stain of sin. 
He was the only pure and, and whole and completely sinless vessel that God has ever been able to work through on earth. You see, when, when He laid down His deity as God and became 100% man, He did that for you and I, but when He became 100% man, He didn't take up the sin nature. He did not sin. He was without sin in thought, word, or action. He was perfect in every way. And because He was perfect, and, and holy and righteous when he died on Calvary when his blood poured out that kept the promise God made a covenant promise with man but it could not be kept man is too bad we're too wicked but there is one man the man Christ Jesus that could keep the promise between God and man and he did that on Calvary's cross and this tree is a top when, when God showed Moses the tree, it's a top of the cross. What do I mean by that? I mean, listen, if you've got a problem, it was already finished and completed at Calvary's cross. Every need that you may have was already accomplished and finished at the cross. If you need healing, it was finished at the cross. If you need peace, it was finished at the cross. If you need joy, it was finished at the cross. If you need deliverance, it was paid for at the cross. They say, that, uh, they say paid in full. Let me tell you, we had a debt that was staggering. It was more than we could ever pay. How many of y'all know about debt up in here? Oh yeah. It stinks. But let me tell you something. That staggering payment of debt that we could not pay. Not only was it taken away, but he also added to our account. I said not only was the debt wiped clean, but he also added to our account. What do you mean? I mean healing. I mean peace. I mean blessings. I mean joy. We were over our head and dead. It was so far over our head like I preached Sunday. We were down in a horrible pit in the miry clay. But he's brought us to the top of the pole. He's brought us to the top. And he has given us more. He's given us more than we can ever ask for. We've got an inheritance. And let me tell you, you've got the down payment of that inheritance. But if you get in a, in a predicament and you need a little bit of that inheritance, if you just need a little bit, if you get in a struggle and you need a little bit of that inheritance, let me tell you, He'll send a little bit down to you. He's able to do exceedingly more than what we can ever imagine. It may seem impossible to you, church, but He is a God that specializes in the impossible. Have you ever thought about that? Boy, it looks impossible, but nothing is impossible to God. If He wanted to all of a sudden make Ryan, how tall are you? Five, seven. You sure about that? I'm just kidding. I'm five, seven, I think. I'm five, nine. I'm not six, one. But if He just wanted to all of a sudden give Ryan the ability to dunk the basketball, He could do it. He might not do that because Ron might get full of himself. Ron might think he can beat me in basketball then. So he's not, I don't think the Lord's going to do that. He might, I don't know. 
Hey, I heard that harmony you was giving up here. You said you couldn't sing, but I heard it. It was good. Amen. If God wanted to lift this church up and spin it around a couple times with all of us in it, I might get sick, but He would do it. Amen. There is nothing that God can't do. Amen. Well, they said that my eyes, there was no way. They said there was they would never get worse, but they said they would also never get better. Come on they, that I would never wear glasses. Come on, Come on now. I've got here. glasses Woo! right here. I can't see anybody without them, but when I put them on, y'all look pretty. Come on, God is able, church. Able. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the financial person says. God is able. God is able. Glory. Give Him praise. Give Him praise, church. If you know He's able, give Him praise. Glory. Glory. I said he's able. He's able. God is able. Lord, just praise him, saints of God. Just give him praise. Just, that's it. He inhabits your praise. He inhabits your worship. Just praise him. Hallelujah. Just praise him in that heavenly prayer language. Just praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and worship. He's able. He said, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the God that healeth thee. Hallelujah. 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 He said, Who hath believed the report of the Lord? And to whom is the Lord the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid us as our face from him. And he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. And he has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Glory to God. Man. Glory to God. Good. He is the God that healed him. Hallelujah. And he said to the children of Israel, Moses was shown a tree. He was shown a tree. And it took the five what Jesus did at Calvary's cross. Let me tell you, church, your needs have been met. He's done, accomplished it. He's done accomplishing and when he rose from the grave, that was just that was just him saying it's finished. It's if you can you don't have to worry. There is no way you should doubt. And Moses took that tree and he cast it into the water. And when he cast the tree into the water, 
into that bitter water. The Bible says that the water was made sweet. Ah, heal the water. Listen, church. Doesn't matter what kind of problem, what kind of circumstance, what kind of issue you're going through. It may be spiritual. Satan likes to come and, and bring fear and anxiety and worry. Come on, come on. It's to spiritually wreck Christians and wreck their faith and bring their faith as weak as possible. But let me tell you, yes. He is the God that he healeth thee spiritually. Yeah. It doesn't matter what spiritual problem you might have. You may be oppressed. You may be depressed. You may be beaten and bruised and worn on your heart. It may be into pieces. But He will heal you. He is the God that healeth thee. Physical. When it, when it says He was a man acquainted with grief, that talks about physical healing. Let me tell you, I serve a God that still heals those that are sick in body. I serve a God that still heals those who are sick in body. My mom had a spot on her and, and she began to worry and the devil started telling her this, this, is, this is not good. She, uh, he started telling her that you're going to have to worry and fear and you're going to have to see the doctor and the worst thoughts came to her mind. But dad and I began to pray and seek God. And one day, dad, that one night, dad came in and said, son, I want you to come in here. I, I feel led by the Lord to pray for your mom. And we walked in there and we prayed. She had an appointment scheduled because it was just it was beating at her mind. She had to figure out if, if, if she needed to worry about this. And and she uh, the next day uh, she 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 got up and she told me, she said, well, I've got this appointment scheduled. And then dad continued to pray and seek God. And, and, and we believed that, that, that he was able. But we began to fear ourselves. But one Sunday before, I ca before dad came up here to preach, I'd already came to the church. And he said he walked in to get one of his shirts steamed. And mom looked at him and she said he, she was standing and looking in the mirror. And, 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 and she said she turned to him with tears in her eyes and said, Jerry, it's gone. The spot's gone. The spot's gone. The spot's gone. It's gone. She called to cancel her appointment. And the, 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 the person on the phone said, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's done been canceled. You don't have to worry about it. God's still the healer. He's still the divine healer. He can heal. He can heal the sick in body. But what we have to do is we have to cast the cross into our knee. When we apply what Jesus did for us to our knee, let me tell you, it gets bitter and it will be bitter at times. But if you'll just turn it over to Jesus, He will turn it sweet for you. He will turn your bitterness to sweet. And I'm beginning to close. Mom, you come up to the piano. And, and when He cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Whole. That, that word sweet means completely made whole. Complete. Finished. Perfect. Let me tell you, church, there's not a need that God can't meet. Spiritual. Physical. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. But if you'll just believe that what Jesus did for you, He finished it. Your faith is going to come to a, a point where it's going to be tested. Hold on to Jesus. Don't turn. Don't murmur. Don't look. Don't complain. Don't turn around. Don't try to find another way. Give your heart and your life completely over. That word surrender. Surrender everything. That means to give way. To yield everything. To give all that you've got and turn it over to Him. And when you do that, when you apply the cross to your problem, when you apply what Jesus did to your problem, He will turn it from bitter to sweet. It doesn't matter what the issue, what the problem. Have you got any reverence that you think are uncrossable? Sing that for me, Mom, if you don't mind. He said, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. That healing is a promise. Let me tell you, healing is a promise. Now listen, I cannot tell you why God doesn't heal some people. Hang on one moment. Just one moment. I can't tell you why God doesn't sometimes heal. But I can tell you this, God knows what He's doing. He's never failed one and He's never let one down. But let me tell you, He's able to heal and to me. And it's a promise. It's been finished at Calvary's cross. If thou canst believe, your problem that's bitter will be turned to sweet. You just got to cast it to Him. Apply it to Jesus Christ. He said those words, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's still the Lord that healeth thee. He's still the Lord that healeth thee. They, back in the early 1900s, they called it the Great Healing Movement. Catherine Coleman would lay hands on the sick, the diseased, ones with infirmities. They would bring wheelchairs and cots and they would lay people that were dis disabled. They would lay people that, that, that could not walk in those wheelchairs and as she would minister and the Spirit of the Lord would come. And, and the Bible says that when they brought the man to the house and tore down the roof, that the power of the Lord was present to heal. And when the Spirit of the Lord is there, he's here. do you feel Him here tonight? He's here tonight. She would begin to preach and, and they said that, that they would have lines of wheelchairs and lines of beds that injured and, and sick and diseased people would lay on. And they said that those people would rise up out of those beds. And as the Spirit of the Lord would move on them, they would begin to walk. Those that could not walk before would begin to walk. Those that could not have feeling in their limbs would begin to lift their hands and praise the Lord. God is still able to do just that. He's still able. He does not change. He's still able to do it. God is a healing God. Jehovah-Rophika. I think that's the word for it. And it means the healer. The Jehovah the healer. He's the God. The healer. The brokenhearted. He, Jesus would go about in His earthly ministry and lay hands on the sick. Raise the dead. Open the eyes of the blind. 
Listen, Jesus ascended to heaven, but he's still in the healing business. He still opens blinded eyes. He still makes the lame to walk. Let's stand our feet in this place. Sing it right now. Have you got any rivers? Have you got any rivers? Dave, I want you to come up here. You I got you on hold. David, you come on up here. Judy, you come with us. Hallelujah. You Just praise the Lord right now. Just ask in His presence. Lift your hands, saints of God. He's here. God specializes more in things. Impossible. Impossible, Kim. Asher, I want you to come up here. He'll do. Hallelujah. Like no other. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord, church. Just worship the Lord. Just worship Him. Hallelujah. You think are uncrossable. Just worship and bask in His presence. Pray and seek the Lord, saints of God. That's it. That's it. These are the people God laid on my heart and put in my spirit. But if you've got a need in this place, He's here to meet it, church. He's here to meet it. He's saying, I'm the God that healeth thee. It doesn't matter if it's physical, if it's spiritual, if it's in your family. It does not matter. If you've got a need, I want you to come up here into the presence of... Just, just take a step of faith. That's it, Joy. Take a step of faith and say, I know, God, that you're able. I know that you're able to heal and mend the brokenhearted. That's it, Emily. You come on up here. And, and I, I need some saints to come up here and pray with me. Rita, you come on up here. Just come up here and pray. If you if you want to, come on up and pray. Let's gather right now. Let's 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 praise Him. Let's thank Him that He's able, church. He's the God. Have you got any river that you think are have you got any mountain? You can't tunnel through
का 